2: Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selkie of Winnerscoming.net, and Cheryl Wassinar, editor of Cultures.com, bring you all the latest Game of Thrones song, advice, and fire genre fiction news that is fit to print or talk about on the internet. Cheryl. Same thing, really. It really is. Nowadays, <laughs> there's no difference. We're going to talk about today. Two big things happened. First two of big all, things. we got some footage from the final season of Game of Thrones. Oh, boy! We got some! We did! Finally! We've done
3: it! We've survived this long! And
2: hello everybody. Hello Julie, Dan, Corey, Terry, Linda, Catherine, thanks for joining us, and David. Okay, let's not, um, peter on the bush here. Let's just show the new footage that dropped during the Golden Globes this past Sunday. Finally, some season 8 footage. Roll the tape. Winterfell is yours, your
0: grace.
2: And that's it! Hey, oh. it was a few seconds, but a lot happened. Yes. Daenerys Targaryen arrives at Winterfell, walks over to Sansa and Jon, who have just completed their hug from their last footage, and Sansa, being all kinds of sullen, re- reluctantly hands Control Winterfell over to Daenerys. Yes. It's good stuff. First impressions of this, Cheryl?
3: Uh, wow, Daenerys' scarf is kind of ugly.
2: Oh, do you think so?
3: I kind of hate it. <laughs> I really do. It's I mean, kind of awful. <laughs> somebody somebody uh, did a meme where they were like, oh, it looks like Daenerys stole Jamie's scarf that he used to wear. I saw that, yes. And I was like, that's why I hate it so much, because I didn't like it when Jamie wore it, and I don't like it when Daenerys wears it. Okay, uh,
2: let's do some of that. Let's like dive into the images here. Okay. okay, so right there. I like it. I think it's jaunty. So just in terms of like fine distinctions, she's wearing her coat from last season, Daenerys, but she's it's, wearing it's, this new color of red under it
3: well uh, the coat is a little different yeah we've seen like images where it's more like red than black stripes so it's a little bit different um but yeah she throws in the red scarf for
2: you got a layer she's in the north now
3: i mean sure but did she have to pick that scarf
2: <laughs> i think you're being really hard on Darius for the scarf.
3: yes i am i expect better from my Khaleesi.
2: i think it looks good i'm always a fan of the new costumes in the show i'm to see what they're going to do with it. Also, so just some notes here. So we see Jorah's there in the back with Daenerys as she walks over. Gotta have her. One thing somebody noticed, I think Corey Smith and uh, Winners Coming Out noticed, is that in that first photo mm-hmm. where Daenerys is walking over, you see Jorah, you see John and Danny kind of looking pensive about it. There is an unsullied soldier in the far right hand corner. Sure. Over there in the far right hand. Okay. I love it. Which is good. It's fine. That can say Um,. Which you know tells us something that she came here with her armies at her side, of course, as she would. Yeah. And I think. Yes.
3: Yeah, perfect. That is, there it is. There is that. You tried me. to
2: hide, but you couldn't do it. Nope. HBO, we found you. <laughs> We're gonna find everything. We'd we recognize
3: can. that helmet anywhere.
2: You know, the plan was for Daenerys and Jon Snow to arrive at Winterfell without her dragons. They came by ship. Mm-hmm. The idea being, maybe we don't lead with the dragons. Let's try to make a softer impression on the North, because you know. She, the, the last time the Northerners saw Targaryen, it was the Mad King, and he did kill a lot of them. Yeah, you know. So I think the great. idea is uh, they're trying to, um, or, or she and John want to present a united front that's, that's, that, that, that's soft on we're here to destroy everything. What, what are you doing?
3: A united front. Ay! I'm wiggling my a glasses whatsoever? for those who are listening to our podcast um, <laughs> I'm just kind of wiggling my glasses because United Front—it's <laughs> a joke, um, you know—because they they did the the deed on the boat.
2: They did. That's and what I'm making. You, know, you got to wonder right how soon's that coming out. <laughs> what?
3: I'm sorry, I'm 12. Um, <laughs> uh, Probably not soon, and I feel like people are going to find out not from the actual parties who were involved. <laughs>
2: You, th- you think the brains are going to come out there and just creepily whisper to a room full of people they had sex and they're related?
3: Um, I mean, that or Tyrion.
2: Oh, right. Tyrion he, 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 did, did he see that door close. looking all weird and creepily outside the door. Basically, Winterfell's a powder keg, and I'm looking forward a lot to seeing how and what manner it explodes. Yeah. I mean, not only do they have to tell people that they are now, you know, doing it on boats, <laughs> in beds, wherever... Then they have to learn that they're both related, and this, with like two armies on both sides, dragons, pop walkers in the mix, it's an explosive situation, and I think it could be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it a lot.
3: Basically, Danny and John made a bad choice, and now their bad choice is going to make everything
2: worse. I mean, I'm not sure it's a bad choice. Like, they both have powerful armies. They're related! They don't know that. God. Judgy.
3: Yes, they're related. It's weird.
2: It's not a choice if you don't have the information. They made the choice that they made. If had they known a bad they were related, choice anyway. they would have. A bad, no, it wasn't. How's it was a bad choice? Yes, it was. How how is it a bad choice for two beautiful, powerful people who both have a lot to gain by being together to um make express their love physically on a boat?
3: Oh God, I don't even know where to start with you right now. Um. <laughs> It's a bad idea because, generally speaking, mm-hmm. when you are a person in such a powerful position, your marriage mm-hmm. is not always just an affair of the heart. Like, right. getting involved with someone is not... You know, you have to think about these things. You can't just jump into bed with the first cute northern guy that shows up.
2: You shouldn't, but John, absent the incest part, which they don't know, is... <laughs> I, I, I mean... This isn't on the schedule, but it, 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 it is something that I thought about. He's a really good match politically. Like, she wants, if you don't know they're related, she wants to be the Queen of Seven Kingdoms. He runs one of the Seven Kingdoms, the furthest flung one, the one that's hardest to take control of. I think it makes a lot of sense if they weren't related. That complicates things a little bit, but they don't know that, so I can't blame them for that. But
3: I just have problems as well with how the romance developed and blossomed mm-hmm. over the course of season seven. So my problems are twofold. It was a not very well done romance, and they're related.
2: I mean, you know how lucky they would so be it was if they fact. weren't aunt and nephew? They're politically uh, matched, and they're attracted to each other, and they're young, and they have a long future. How great would that romance be if they weren't related?
3: And if it were better written.
2: I mean, that's just your opinion, man. But uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you.
3: Next, Dan. The
2: conclusion is we are going to see how that all folds out, and I'm pretty excited about it. We
3: have a lot of feelings about. Well, Game d- d- of Thrones. I mean, don't get me
2: wrong. I- I'm looking forward to seeing them get torn apart, or like, yeah. whatever happens when they find out about the whole incest part of it. But um, I-, I did, I-, I did always think they would, they were a good match, not only because they like each other, but because they would be a good political match. I mean. Does that not make sense to you?
3: Oh, it does. It makes sense to me. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense to me. I'm just saying jumping into bed at basically the first opportunity you have to do so (laughs) might not be the best. Like, let's not get our feelings that entwined right now. There's a lot more important things going on here because they're young and dumb.
2: Do you know how long boat rides take back in the medieval times? Like forever.
3: Are you saying that that was the only method of entertainment they had?
2: It's one of the top three easily.
3: (laughs) Good God, y'all. Okay. What else would we like to say about this?
2: That's about it. Okay, I said more than I was intending to.
3: So did I.
2: Um, Looking pretty good. I'm I'm excited to have footage and I'm excited where it goes. I mean, let's address really quick. Sansa did not look super duper enthused to hand over the keys to the kingdom. Yes. As I think she wouldn't just having ruled it for the past uh, season. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Yes.
3: We had a big discussion about it on our WIC Club episode this week. We
2: did. We talked about uh, how Danny and Sansa might get along or mm-hmm. might not get along. And for that, you can go to the WIC Club, check it out a little later. Yes. Okay.
3: But next, we have... Oh, wait. Um, the, oh, ooh, comments.
2: Dan Turton asks, uh, what are the other two ways to amuse yourself? And I'm going to go with rock, paper, scissors, and um, whale watching. Three things you can do in a boat.
3: You've done it, Dan.
2: I couldn't have sex in a boat. I get really boat sick. But that, that's, that's another and... reason they're really made for each other. Right. But again, okay. We're going to see how it goes.
3: I didn't need to know that, Dan.
2: Oh, and yes. Uh, Brianne's facial expression was pretty great. I did really it love it. It pre-
3: is pretty primo. I do appreciate it. You
2: know what's interesting? Wow. What? That um, when I was like kind of cataloging the reactions to all this, everyone was interpreting everything very, very differently. Like Some people were like, like they looked at the Brianne's facial expression, and she was like... Uh, and Brienne's just being there, being like Sansa, chill out. But someone else is like, and Brienne's looking at Danny like she's like staring death daggers at her. It was very interesting how everybody was, kind of.
3: She's staring more at John, honestly.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, she kind of is.
2: I didn't notice that.
3: Yeah, that's like, a good point. Her eyes are slanted. Like, what
2: do slanted. you see in her, or yeah. I see what you see in her? Yeah, like it was just interesting how everybody for every single clip, people were like drastically different. Like. Yeah. It was either Oh Sansa's being so sullen, or Yeah Sansa, you stand up, you're right. Like no one agreed, <laughs> which is very very interesting among fans.
3: Oh boy, that's what happens when it, we haven't had much to go on for a long time. It's so. only five seconds.
2: There are shippers being entrenched, and it's great. Yes. <laughs> but okay. enough
3: discussion of ships, that's, please. I learned more about. There's you a debate today in the comments. To...
2: Julie would uh, vote for the sex, which that's number three thing. Good. And Kenny wants to see the John and Arya reunion. Yeah. Interesting that she wasn't in the clip, Arya. Because then they're saving that for an off screen uh, reunion or like a, a different, its own scene.
3: Yes. That's probably what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: Can we stop talking about boats and what happens on them now, please?
2: I guess we can. For for the why sake you would want to. Good lord, a fascinating topic. But okay. For the sake um, of my
3: sanity, Dan.
2: Sure. Happy to. Thanks. Let's move on to another huge piece of news that broke this week.
3: Yay! Um,
2: again, it was a big week for this. We got, HBO announced the full cast list mm-hmm. for the Game of Thrones prequel series, which um, is, again, just to refresh you, is uh, filming, or rather is set thousands of years before the current series, during the Age of Heroes, I think before the wall is built, around the time the White Walkers come for the first time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Houses... They're all different. There's no Targaryen rule. There's no one Iron Throne to rule. everybody. Everybody's like kind of out there for themselves. And we finally have a cast list, a full cast list. We know Naomi Watts is in it. It's like they're kind of headliner. Dude named Josh Whitehouse also in it. And then we have, they release a little uh, collage here. I'm just going to read their names. If you know any of them, sound off. We got Naomi Aki, Denise Goh, Jamie Campbell Bauer, by the way i saw in um the swinny todd movie from tim burton and he sucked but that's not his fault uh sheila Atim, ivano jeremiah georgie uh henley this is i'm wording out that's georgie henley on the bottom second from the left uh and then moving to the right alex sharp and tony regbo who is from the last kingdom if you watch that show so okay what do you think of this cast
3: Everyone always was like, "Oh, Jamie Campbell Bower is so pretty," and I never understood it.
2: He was also uh, Arthur in *Stars as Camelot*, and apparently he was in the Twilight movies. So I didn't see them.
3: Yes, he was a vampire, and then cool. he was in *The Mortal Instruments* as Jace, who is supposed to be a pretty boy. And that was about the point where I realized I just don't get it about him.
2: I have a personal grudge against him for I'm not liking that *Sweeney Todd* movie. It's it, it's 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 not you, Jamie. It's I like that play too much.
3: It's kind of you, though.
2: Anyway. Um... <laughs> Interesting cast. Yes. A, I like the fact that most of them are not terribly well-known. I mean, aside from Naomi Watts is like the name. And even that, as I've argued before, isn't really... It's not like Jennifer Lopez or like a big name or something.
3: Yes, Dan, we know you love Naomi Watts.
2: She is an actor first and a celebrity second, in my opinion. So I have read that. And I I like that, you know, we're seeing other kind of... um, big tent pole shows going forward in production who are casting celebrities, like The Mandalorian, for instance, on Disney Star Wars show. They got uh, Nick Nolte in there, and they got um, Werner Herzog, who's a celebrity to me, um, Pedro Pascal being a big Game of Thrones um, you know alumna, alum. And here, Hello, we're, we're, we're getting people who I don't really know. I mean, they've done stuff, like yeah. Georgie Henley was Lucy in the Narnia movies, but none of them are really like, oh, them. I gotta see that. I I think it's a good sign that they're casting the roles rather than the name.
3: I mean, to be fair, when they said Josh Whitehouse, I went, mm-hmm. "Oh him!" Not in the sense of I have to see this, but "Oh him!" because I was What's just a, coming off of Pull Dark, right? And so it was like, but I just, ugh, but ugh.
2: I have not seen Pull Dark. But again, he's not like the main guy in no, Pull no, 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 or anything, no, no, right?
3: No, um, he plays uh, one of the main characters kind of but not really side pieces and he writes terrible poetry and like I guess he did his job really well because I perpetually wanted to punch his character in the face. Um, But that being said, I do like that they're not casting a lot of really well-known names. This is kind of what they did with Game of Thrones. Um, I mean, sure, like Charles Dance is a legend.
2: I mean, for the older characters, like you're going to have worked. Yeah,
3: or like Dame Diana Rigg. Um, but
2: Lena Headey, like they all had what, experience. They
3: had roles and stuff, so I like that the Except for the kids, like you know, are like, kind of Right, 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 right. But it seems like they're going for this kind of, like you said, kind of casting for the role instead of the name mm-hmm. specifically. So I'll, I'm, I'm into it. I like it.
2: Okay. What do we think of the fact that obviously it's been made? Uh, Game of Thrones has been criticized over the past, you know, few forever. years forever for the whole thing. For not having a diverse enough cast that's being a fantasy show. Um, and for not having enough women behind the camera or in the or in kind of in the writer's room. Now, obviously, this is a more diverse cast. I think uh three of those actors were um black men and women, which tells us something about I think the story and also do you think that's a purposeful effort to diversify, or do you think that's just what the story calls for?
3: Why not both?
2: Sure. Why not?
3: I mean, obviously, there's been a marked shift in how we view diversity in Hollywood from the time of Game of Thrones' initial production to now. So You're right.
2: It, it's, it, I mean, it's been on eight years, but yeah. we have had a lot of discussions in that time.
3: Right, right. Um, so I think it's partially that and partially maybe they're actually going to bother showing more people of color in the show and that I'm for all of those things.
2: So yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it too. And I mean, it, it, I think it also. I mean, setting the show this far in the past gives them a lot of latitude to kind of do whatever. I mean, like.
3: Urgh, they had a lot of latitude anyway! Sorry. This is. I Pose. Yes.
2: I mean, it, it, oh God. I mean, like, we can derail this so hardcore. We could if we get derail
3: off. this so hardcore. So I'm just going to mo- press to Yes. Stop me but now. But the, the
2: idea is that, like, George R. R. Martin has said himself, like, this far back in history, yeah. like, none of the historians he's made up are really sure what it was like. And it also could tell you, I mean, and we know it's not just going to be set in Westeros. It's going to be set on Westeros. It's going to explore, and I'm quoting here from the synopsis, the mysteries of the East, um, whatever that means. <laughs> I mean, it could go to places where you would expect just in the fantasy Mythos Martin has created, we would expect to find more, more people of color. Or they're in Westeros. As you said, we could, it's not like they're yep. preventing them from having them there. Yeah. But I do wonder if that tells us we're going to go to places like you know, the Summer Isles, perhaps Sothoriost, we've talked about before.
3: Oh boy. You know how I feel about Sothoriost.
2: <laughs> it's true. But I'd also point out that it's that same thing where the it ac- could be a- wrong. accounts of Sothorios are written yet, like to be intentionally, we're not sure if it's true. Yeah. Like, if the point of this show is to... Again, the point... That I think that this show is kind of set in a time when they could just write anything they want and it can yeah. more or less be true because no one really knows the truth of it. Yeah. Which is exciting and also a little frustrating because I still think the grand arc of the plot is going to kind of amount to White Walkers invade, let's stop them.
0: Yeah.
2: Which, you know, is... We have done and are currently doing that.
3: Yeah, we're in the middle of it right but now.
2: But I mean, guys. maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have Whoa. to see when it comes...
3: Don't get too crazy here, Dan.
2: But. And Kenny likes uh, the guy from *Rain in the Last Kingdom, who apparently is bigger than I thought, Tony Regbo.
3: Hey! For the end of it. Good on him.
2: Basically, I like this. I, I think it looks like a cool cast. I'm looking yes. forward to seeing what they do. Yeah, I'm into it. And there are no guesses about what they're playing. Uh, they're not no guesses, there are no announcements about, about about who they're playing. They just gave us the cast.
3: It is all a mystery.
2: It's all a mystery
3: but we do have one more thing to talk about that is less of a mystery before I abandon you. Yes. Um, and by abandon, I mean I just kind of walk off and Josh comes out. So let us dance healthy. Go beyond the wall. Go
2: beyond the wall. Yes. We're talking about something that is not Game of Thrones, not Miss Fire related, because, you know, we have other interests. We, we have do. other interests. And uh, I thought today, for our journey beyond the wall, yes, we would take up a topic that everybody is talking about Really, really fast. Just Dan asks, how do you feel about Sothorios, Cheryl? Can you give us like a, a 10 second summary?
3: The descriptions of Sothorios and its people make me really uncomfortable. We
2: had a long discussion about Sothorios um, on our Take the Black Club. Yes, we did. Uh, video series. And I recommend you maybe check it out.
3: Yeah. In more
4: shape.
3: Yeah. There's, there's my very short synopsis. It made me... Like the descriptions of stories, which are fictional, like they're meta-fictional, I guess. They grossed me out. Like I do not like them. I do not like what Martin was trying to accomplish with them, even though I can see why he might be trying to make a point.
2: Anyway, and back
3: beyond the wall with us. Okay,
2: okay. I they're talking about. I, I, okay, I'm, I'm going to ignore some comments about. Uh... Please do. Okay, great. Okay, beyond <laughs> the wall. Yes. I thought we'd really quickly today. Uh, hit a bunch of news related to superhero dumb, which is a very popular topic nowadays for studios, TV, and movie alike. Everyone's got a superhero stuff and there's a lot of information coming out. Yes. So really fast. Yes. Okay, it's a superhero lightning round. Superhero story is really quick. Uh, Disney released a Captain Marvel trailer, the final one before it comes out on uh, March 8th, I think. Yes. What'd you think?
3: Yay, Captain Marvel! Yay, Captain Marvel!
2: Yeah, it looks pretty cool. That's pretty much it. <laughs> they keep showing that fight between her and an old lady, and I'm here for that. That's I'm a really so fun way to it. get people to draw in and go yes. to see it.
3: Wait, Captain Marvel punches an old lady? Yes.
2: And the old lady punches back. They're that's like right. Some, some like parkour, like on a like a subway thing, and kicks her in the face. I know it's great. Looking forward to that. Okay, uh, next superhero topic. Sony wants to make. TV shows based on the various wacky characters from Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, the popular film. Did you see it? Yes, I did. It was good, right? Yes! I enjoyed I it a lot. It so
3: bad. It's what do you amazing. Think? Are
2: you into TV series based yes. on things like, I don't know, Spider-Ham, Spider-Woman, Spider-Noir Guy, the rest of them?
3: Uh, yes. And also because the whole point of Into the Spider-Verse is that there are many spider people. it uh, someone has made the point that it does not have to be limited to just the spider people that we met in into the Spider Verse. Okay. So everything. there could be all kinds of weird spider people, and I'm into it.
2: It's like almost diabolical, with Sony, because they can't have like a Marvel Universe, they can't have a DC Universe. What does have a Spider Verse? All spider people all the time, and you know what? It could work. I know. That's the worst part. It I might think actually it's the work. Best part. Best slash worst is hard to tell. Okay. <laughs> finally, final one. Okay. Um DC Universe, the streaming service dedicated to all things DC Superheroes, is A, still existing, and uh, B, having new shows. Luke Wilson of the Royal Tenenbaums and uh, Legally Blonde fame is going to play... I can't even write... uh, Pat Dugan in the show Stargirl. Everybody's favorite superhero, Stargirl, which I'd never heard of before. Yeah. But, um, so celebrities getting into the TV superhero game. Good sign, bad sign?
3: I mean, I would try and do a Luke Wilson impression, but I'm really bad no. at impressions. Um, but let me just say, that's just great, man. Like, good for Luke Wilson. <laughs> like, he was always the superior Wilson brother, let's be honest. So, good on him. I hope the role pans out. Um, I'm pro-Luke Wilson, so.
2: Which one was Wedding Crashers? Is Owen. him or the other one? Okay, cool.
3: Owen, the less superior Wilson brother.
2: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that is our superhero lightning round. Anything else to say, Cheryl, before you head on? Uh,
3: nope. Other than, yay, Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel.
2: <laughs> it's hard to keep Ms. them all straight. Miss Marvel is a different one. There's a lot of superheroes happening, yes. and it is difficult to keep them all straight in your head. Accurate. Okay. All right. Well, Cheryl, let's um tell you all a little bit about Wit Club before Josh Hill comes on here for yep. another episode of A Song of Dan and Josh. See you,
4: See you, you all after next
2: week. this brief break. Oh Ned Stark, will you ever learn? <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. I'm Dan Selke, the editor at WinterIsComing.net, your one-stop shop for all things Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, and genre fiction in general. We here at Wick love bringing you news, reviews, and editorial content, and we're going to keep doing all that stuff. However, for the especially hardcore among you, we're going to start offering even more. Welcome to the Wick Club. The WIC Club is a Patreon-funded effort to provide fantasy and sci-fi fans with even more WIC content. You can join at several levels. For $1 a month, you can enter into monthly swag giveaways and get to read extra columns. At $4, you'll get to watch extra episodes of Take the Black Live, our weekly chat show, with topics chosen by you. Please be gentle. And at the Valyrian Steel level, that's $10 a month, you get WIC Club t-shirts and access to a new segment we're calling Drinking and Knowing Things, Monthly live stream where I drink wine and talk with all of you in a free-flowing conversation about Game of Thrones, fantasy, sci-fi, and whatever else comes up after I've had a few. Just to be clear, we're not going to stop doing anything on Wick we already do, and we're hoping to add more stuff anyway. The Wick Club is a way to produce even more content and hopefully to get to know some of you better. You can find links to more information below. We hope to see you in the Wick Clubhouse. Mergulis, bottoms up, and thanks for watching. Welcome back, everybody, to uh, Take the Black Live. I'm joined by <laughs> fan sided editor Josh Hill. We hello, are back everybody. for Yes, hello indeed. Um we are here for another episode of A Song of Dan and Josh, the show mm-hmm. where we go through every single chapter of George R. 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 Martin's song of some fire opus yes. and break it down. What makes it work? What makes it um not work? We're gonna answer those questions for you. And we are now on A Clash of Kings, the second book in the Ooh, series. Yeah and we're the second chapter, Arya won. Arya kicks
4: off this book, what do you think of that? She does, technically. I mean, we got through the prologue. I mean, prologue the prologue. With... <laughs> you don't have to count the prologues. It you, was... can you can you yeah, can't. Yeah, to Easter, I don't Um, it, it makes sense, because like this, one of the biggest cliffhangers from the first book was, does yeah. Arya die, I wanted to ask you about that. Not? OK, that, that, that's my first question to you. Yes. So this chapter
2: is, is, is quite short. This is just Arya on the road to King's Landing, just a little slice of what she's up to. Yes. And at the end, her last chapter in A Game of Thrones is her watching her father die. Mm-hmm. And then Joran, this greasy knight's watchman, taking her aside. And then it just... We don't really see what happens. No. We, we see him take out a knife. I think the last line is like about tears coming down her face. Mm-hmm. Like, you could read that and say, oh my god, he killed her. And is Martin playing dirty by... Wait, making fans wait a whole book to see that no, she's fine, he just cut her hair to pass her off as a boy. No, because on the show, this is not a cliffhanger at all. We no. get this immediately.
4: Yeah, I don't think he's playing dirty. No, I think, he's, I think it's fair game to do that at the end of that book because <laughs> right. you got to keep people interested. You know, that was a question people had. Like, I, we, we jumped right into this right after we finished the first book, but if you're reading it between publications. That's a cliffhanger that you want to know. It doesn't necessarily have to be a cliffhanger on the show, which it wasn't because we can kinda skip along at a quicker clip. Well, that couldn't. Like could you imagine like on the show they would have had
2: to like just have a a shot of the knife being drawn Mm -hmm. and then like it going toward Arya's face and it cutting away. It's hard
4: it's hard to translate it to the show. Right. It worked fine in the book for me. I I wasn't I didn't think it was like dirty pool or anything like
2: that. Well how forgiving of you. I think it's kind of bull crap. (laughs) No, there You, you go end your book with you're not sure where this character is and then i think he knew it because he opened the book with Arya. he's like okay oh, i he ga- absolutely i know, gotta establish yeah. right away that she's fine oh people don't worry he knew and i mean this is a guy who sometimes his book we can go eight years between books i mean back then it wasn't so much no. it was much shorter but still i'm not a fan <laughs> yeah. but i'm well i mean no harm no foul we, in the show. we all know she didn't die so it's fine <laughs> okay um, blah 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 blah. Really quick, Dan asked, Do we think when we get a Dance of Dragons epilogue, Winds of Winter will be out? <laughs> He's asking, When we're done reading the entire series, will the new mm-hmm. book be out?
4: I hope so, because then we're going to read it. And yeah. Do it on Facebook Live. I think it will. It I think it will. Be. That's. I'm heavily I invested. Will. <laughs> I didn't really care before, because I'm like, whatever, this is kind of just <laughs> right. some fun drama. But now it's like, you know, Al Pacino and The Godfather 3. Like, you pull me back in. I'm like, damn it, now I care. So. Okay. I'm with you. So, the rest of the chapter. So, again, like I said, like it, it, it's
2: not long at all. No. It's, it's quite short. It's just kind of her, you know, putzing around doing her stuff. What jumped out to me was some of the thematic stuff. So, I think it, the chapter opens with her talking about how she hates the name Lumpy Head. Mm-hmm. That some, you know, dick kid on the troop gives the name of Lumpy Head because she has Lumpy Heads. Mm-hmm. The idea of Arya getting names is happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, she's already... Like, Yorin named her, you're the Orphan Boy now. Like, that's a nickname she has. Savage. But well, I mean, you know. It's you, not you, you untrue, but, well, it's mostly untrue. She, she, she talks about how they called her Arya Horseface at Winterfell. Unfair. Now she has the name <laughs> lumpy head. But, and I mean, on one level, it's, okay, nicknames. Another level... I don't I, think those
4: I, are nicknames. That's, like... Yeah,
2: those are nicknames.
4: Well, nicknames in, like, a very flexible way. More like picking <laughs> on her. Like, I never, like, Fair named enough. somebody that I liked Lumpyhead. I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> hanging out with, with Horseface tonight. Well, it's... Like, well... It's it's in, like it might be endearing, like know, like... but I don't, it's not coming <laughs> off in an endearing way when they're so aggressive with these nicknames. Fair enough. But um, the, the, the thematic point of it is
2: that even though it seems like it's just kind of a throwaway detail, mm-hmm. this leads... Very directly into Arya's journey, which is all about identity. Like later yeah. in the story, she will literally become other people and take on their names faces, and their faces yeah. and everything. And I think that's very deliberate. It like, is. Like, because the nickname thing is a theme with Arya. Mm-hmm. And it's all setting us up for she met, she adopts different identities. Yeah. Like, she's learning to do it here mm-hmm. by you're not Arya, you're Arya the orphan boy. You're not Arya, Arya you're lumpy head. You're. Are your horse face? Like this is her training for the faceless men in mm-hmm. a
4: way. Yeah. You know, we can dog George R. R. Martin for Leaving a cliffhanger, not leaving a cliffhanger between the books. But mm-hmm. we saw this plenty of times in the first book where he's laying the groundwork for something that's going to blossom later into some theme that we're going to be talking about, whether it's ne- uh, Ned, the whole story, being this typical hero, this fantasy hero, mm-hmm. and following all of these tropes. And then you get a plot twist at the end where it doesn't end up working out. Same thing with Aria here. We're kind of laying the groundwork for. Her enti- the entire identity of her character.
2: Yeah, it's hard to like. I always wonder like, did he just write this and then get the idea of like, can run run with run with this identity thing and other thing, or did he plan this all along? I'd like to
4: think he planned it. Yeah, me too. But well, maybe we'll find out one well, day. You got to ruin it like that. <laughs> Here, <laughs> I'm fine th- waxing way. poetic about how George R. R. Martin's got a plan from the start, and you're like, know. You can know, still wax <laughs> about it
2: because I mean, it's as long as it's thematically cohesive, yeah. which it is. It's fine, um, in my opinion. Okay, um, another theme. Uh, the whole idea of out of the frying pan into the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Arya's been on the run for a while. She was outside outside the Red Keep trying to just scrap by herself. And we get this description at the top of the chapter by Joran, the mm-hmm. kindly Knights Watchman who's trying to take her. The plan here is to take her back to Winterfell. Yeah. She's going to blend in with these Knights Watch recruits. Just pass her off as a boy, but then he's going to drop her off Winterfell before they get to the wall. Mm -hmm. You know and I know it doesn't really end up happening, No, but uh, that's the idea. It's not a bad plan. Um, But Yorin warns her, you know, you have to stay committed to your your fake identity, because if you don't, there will be consequences. The way he puts it is, this lot, half of them would turn you over to the queen, quick as spit for a pardon and maybe a few silvers. The other half do the same, only they'd rape you first. Um, is that
4: sensationalist? Is that irresponsible, <laughs> or is that just reality, man? I think it might be reality. Like where we're at from the end of the book to now, like that's just—it's not a safe place for the Starks. Like you got to keep the identity hidden. Sure. Like so, I, it's a little harsh. It's maybe it's a little harsh. He's maybe being a little I sharp around like the like edges eight. to get the point across. But you know, that's definitely that language is gonna get the point across. Where. I was in that position. I'd be like, "All right, I'm like assuming three or four different names to distance myself <laughs> from this, you know, conflict as much as I can."
2: I think you're right. I, th- I think he's. I think he's being a little over-exaggerated just to impress upon for her effect. how yeah, like how bad how badly she needs to keep a low profile. Because as we see, there are some nice people. Like Gendry is pretty nice. Gendry. He's walking around. He's sticking up for her. And he's basically saying, "Pick him someone your own size to, mm-hmm. hot pie and lami. Actually, I want to ask about Hot them. Hot Pie. Because <laughs> what was funny to me about this chapter is that we get this thing from Jorn who's like, they're a or they're rapier, mm-hmm. they're awful. And then we get, like, the, she, she's being chastised by Hot Pie and Lamy. Yeah. Who are two kind of just, you know, little shits, who are just little kids. And it's, it didn't, I mean, it's dangerous, but it read as like, almost like a goofy kind of thing. Like, where they were like, uh, because they're all kids, and like, Hot Pie and Lamy are clearly... You know, little douches who are, yeah. p- who are picking on the smallest person in the group, mm-hmm. which is what you do when you're a
4: douche. And, or when uh, your name's Hot Pie. Like, I'm sorry, but his name's Hot Pie. More nicknames. <laughs> like, more nicknames and also clearly compensating for the fact that he's called Hot Pie. He's got to take it out on somebody.
2: <laughs> I think it's they like, say like, that yeah. uh, his mom's a baker and she just went yeah. into the sweet Hot Pie, Hot Pie is how he got his name. Cute. And uh, and then she kind of just she there's, a, there's kind of a nice little passage where um, Hot Pie comes at her and Arya, who's had some training, mm-hmm. like plants her feet, stands still, and just like trips him and wails on him, kicks him with the balls over and over, and then he poops himself. Um, as you do, as as you do. And then he's crying, and then he has to be in the wagon for the rest of the time. He can't walk, which is um, is that badass? Is that funny? How was the tone of this chapter for you?
4: It was a little all over the place. It was definitely not a tone. It was because we're coming off the prologue, which is a tone setting chapter mm-hmm. where we're establishing both the nuke. We have Melisandre. We have Stannis. And we're establishing this tone that we're going to carry through the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. And then we jumped to this one, which was a little Three Stooges a little bit. Kind of. Yeah, a that, that's bit a good way to say it. A little slapsticky stuff going on here. But it, it, it got done when it needed to get done, which was what we talked about. In the th- the theme of Arya's alive, Arya's yeah, well, alive, in the theme of her identity crisis. Right, like, who is who is Arya? She's Aria? literally stripped down to the like bears. her hair is gone. Her hair yeah. is gone. She doesn't have a name. She has to hide who she is. She has mm-hmm. to hide from everybody else. And literally, you know, in this little band of misfits go mm-hmm. off on this journey where she doesn't really know where she's going to go. She thinks she knows where she's going to go. But as we know, it's not where she ends up going. No. And I think deep down, she also doesn't think that she's going where she's being told, which kind of sets in motion this whole thing where she's not trustworthy of anybody. She doesn't she, she has faith in nobody else. She's only in business for herself. And that's really setting this up here in this chapter. And that, you know, as goofy as it is, that's the big takeaway from it. I think you're so, right. that can exist within slapsticky, getting kicked in the balls and crapping yeah. yourself stuff. It's
2: also like it's kids. It's, I don't know, it's hard to like kids fighting and not have to be a little funny. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure they're kind of, I've read Lord of the Flies, but this didn't seem like that. <laughs> yes. Um That's a sharp turn. From- another thematic thing was uh, the comet. We see the yep. comet in the air again. Mm-hmm. Martin does this thing in this book, and kind of only in this book, where he makes a really valiant effort to tie all the stories together, even though everyone's kind of separated. Okay. And in this book, it's everyone sees this comet in the air, uh, the one that was over Daenerys' uh, burning and dragon birth, mm-hmm. and they all see it differently. Last chapter, Maester Cresson was like, ooh, that comet's creepy, was basically yeah. the gist of what he said. Maester Crescent, R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. Mr. Crescent, <laughs> Peace. And uh, this chapter, Arya sees the comet, and she thinks it is... Uh, Ned Stark's sword, ice, and the mm-hmm. dripping with his blood, which is it's, it's red. Mm-hmm. So, and and, and that's an interesting way to kind of uh, thematically tie different chapters together. Even though I'll point out, he like <laughs> after this book, he never tries it again. No, it's like there are just too many, there's too many places. <laughs> i am going to bother? Out. But he does take a swing at tying everybody together with this comet. Well, good for him.
4: It's a good device. I
2: think it works. Yeah. It's done.
4: It's very Steven Spielbergy. You know, he always has, like, the comet going wherever in the background of one of his shots, so you know that it's his movie. Cool, I didn't know that. So George R. R. Martin's being a little derivative here.
2: <laughs> George R. R. Martin, get creative, man.
4: <laughs> and finally, I wanted to talk about um,
2: shipping a bit. Ah, yes, my uh,
4: favorite, as everybody knows. It's very, I think it's very interesting.
2: Uh, the chapter ends with basically Arya. I mean, the chapter ends literally with Arya thinking about Jon Snow mm-hmm. and uh, thinking, I really want to see him again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of become sort of her goal. Yeah. Two <clears throat> things. Um, I wonder if George R. Martin had abandoned the idea of having John and Arya get together by this point which was his original plan. Weird as that sounds, that is very weird. It's very weird to think Extremely about. Strange. Hey, in season 8 we'll see him reunite, maybe we'll see some vestiges of that. Um and B, we also get kind of another sort of love interest, let's call it, with Gendry coming in. Mm-hmm big strapping guy, he protects Arya. I mean, he doesn't really have to protect her because she kicks the crap out of them yeah. anyway. But, you know, he tells Lami and Hot Pie, like, you know, don't be dicks. Pick up somebody your own size, stop mm-hmm. teasing him. Um, and, uh, you know, she notices him. Are they the OTP or one true pairing is, is what I've learned that means.
4: I, this is the first time I've ever heard that. So That
2: is a, a shipping term. Yeah. OTP means one true pairing.
4: You're welcome. Shipping. You're speaking a foreign language here when, the, when you get into the shipping territory. Ship uh, I've no, been studying because up it actually was, it was a curveball to even think that that was a possibility. Because in my mind, I have it so set that they are absolutely not in any sort of a realm where they can be together. Like Arya and is, Gendry? Or Arya and Jon. Yeah, Arya yeah. and oh, Gendry. yeah, that's hard to think that's weird. And Arya and Gendry is what it is. Like, this is kind of like when we talked about these other chapters in the other books with Sansa and Arya and John and, you know, Rob, we didn't get from mm-hmm. his perspective, but we saw... You, they, these are kids. and They're coming into their own. They're yeah, going to have to deal with these, these things that real people deal with around this age. So, like, this doesn't necessarily surprise me. I've never... Arya always seems to be more business. She does, yes. So, this is... It was a little striking in that regard too, because I've always seen Arya as here's she's a taskmaster with a sword. Like she is gonna get something done and there's really yeah, only she, the mission but nothing else other than the mission. So that's the only real kind of curveball that it threw me there. And the John stuff is just no yeah, idea. that's like no, I'm, that's I'm not here. Like we got enough incest on the show. Like I'm not <laughs> looking to read that. Like I'm I'm good, especially forced. Like this is the first time that the idea was introduced to me, and I was like, nope, get it out. I and mean, then again, it was like an idea he had early on. Obviously, he didn't go through with it. Oh, thank but God. Not- like, why does he have all these incest ideas? Like that's a good literally, question. Literally, all of the incest ideas George R. R. Martin has at least at one point considered. <laughs> like maybe he should talk to somebody about that. Like, Would It interest on. you to know
2: that there is a. A fairly large contingent of fans, or uh, I'll say a, a passionate group of fans, who would like uh, John
4: and Sansa to get together. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm aware of that, mm-hmm. but and that's not. It's still uncomfortable. But I don't oh, need yeah. new. N- I don't need new, <laughs> new combinations stuff. of incest introduced to my Game of Thrones viewing experience. I think shipping culture is really interesting. Just like, uh, where do they get
2: their ideas? And I'm, Out of thin I'm, air, apparently. <laughs> Grasping
4: it. at straws is where we get these ideas. We'll look
2: at some of that a little later. Anyway, that's, that's, that's a pretty short chapter. Um, next week, we will do Sansa 1.
4: I'll, I'll are you with Sansa? It.
2: Yeah, okay. back in Kingsland. How's she doing? As we continue to read A Clash of Kings. Read along with us, won't you? And we'll be back here. Uh, Facebook page, winnerscoming.net. 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on Wednesday. See you then, everybody. Thanks for watching.